Hello, listeners, and welcome to the AC Podcast. My name is Troy. Before we get into today's episode, I got an event for you that I want you to mark on your calendar for August 27th. We will be holding our next ACLE, that stands for Apologetics Canada Literary Expedition. And this time, we're taking a look at AI. In AI, we trust a Christian understanding of technology. Embark on a thought-provoking webinar exploring the dialogue between artificial intelligence, AI, and Christian theology. Navigate the complexities of AI through a Christian framework, emphasizing love, compassion, and justice. Uncover potential pitfalls such as privacy, bias, and human dignity, and how AI can align with God's redemptive purposes. Join us in bridging technology and theology for a compassionate and meaningful future. Our speakers for the event will be none other than AC's very own Andy Steiger, and we'll also be having Michael Butler, one of our adjunct speakers, who is a quantum physicist currently working on his PhD, and this will be moderated by our very own Steve Kim. So once again, remember, you need to sign up for this event, so you can head to apologeticscanada.com slash ACLEAP, and you'll be able to find everything you're going to need to know right then and there. So once again... Sunday, August 27th, 2023, 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. We hope to see you guys there. That's all from me. Let's get into the podcast. It's the AC Podcast. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the AC Podcast. My name is Troy. AC Podcast is a ministry of Apologetics Canada, and we are super honored to have you listening in today. We're going to get right into today's episode. Right around the corner, we're going to be celebrating Canada Day and the 4th of July. I don't actually know if America has a really cool name for it apart from 4th of July. That would be an Andy question. But this uh, this definitely brings up the conversation that we're going to have today about Christian patriotism. Is it okay for a Christian to be a patriot? Enter Mel Gibson segue beautiful music in this moment troy all the americans are shouting at their screen independence there you day. go see i i thought independence day was just a crazy movie it is a it crazy is movie. and that's why it's called that because it happens on independence day on july 4th. Okay. well um i guess i'll leave this segment so people know i'm human thank you very much <laughs> Good to be with you guys. Wes, you have this look on your face like you don't know where you are. You're on the <laughs> AC podcast. <laughs> he's got he's got this wiry look and smile. Uh, good to be with you. Good to be with you guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, Independence Day in the United States, 4th of July, uh, synonymous with fireworks as uh, as an American, born in America. Uh, that America. is that that's one of those uh one of those days that we love to celebrate okay okay so independence day canada day like as the celebration is very much the same as ours like pretty much people running around with canadian flags fireworks going off a lot of moose references hatred towards their leaders (laughs) Mm, i would say no uh I, I, they're, they're, I would say they're pretty different, actually. Okay. One, one thing that's quite different is you said fireworks, but I would say there's very little fireworks that happen in Canada versus the United States. This is one thing that's kind of weird with Canada that gets me every year because around Halloween, at on Halloween and around Halloween, fireworks are crazy here in Canada and yes. always shocks me. Yes. I'm like, what is all that banging going on outside, <laughs> right? And, oh, yeah, in Canada, they set off fireworks for everything. Halloween. Yeah, but for particularly everything. Halloween, which is weird. So what you see in Canada 
at Halloween for fireworks is like times 10 in the United States on 4th of July. So that's one, that's one area that I find is, is quite unique. And I just find that more people in the United States celebrate Independence Day. I think that is, though, an interesting fact, Andy, is that the, you know, the difference in kind of the patriotic celebration between up here in Canada and in the States is like everything else with Canada, we're kind of more muted and more passive and kind of timid about most things, about our arts and culture, about our food, about our uh, celebrities. Whereas in the States, there's definitely more of like this, we're American, we got to celebrate that. I'm going to take that a little bit further and some Canadians are going to hate me for this, but that's Uh fine. Uh, I'd also say that Canada tends to piggyback off of the United States. Oh, here we go. Yeah, well, we're going here. (laughs) Because sometimes Canada does things, they have no idea why they're even doing it. They just know the United States does it. Uh, You're not so wrong. for you know, there's like Thanksgiving is a prime example of this. A lot of Canadians have no idea what Thanksgiving is all about. They just know that they celebrate Thanksgiving. Whereas in the United States, Thanksgiving is steeped in history and tradition. And if you asked any American on what is Thanksgiving about, they're going to be able to explain it to you and give you a history of it. And you get the same thing with Independence Day. So with the with regards to the United States, you are steeped in patriotism. It is something that is taught to you at birth. Now, I would argue, though, that this is changing in the United States. And this is why I think this is such an important conversation we're having today as we talk about patriotism and, and perhaps be good if we just quickly uh, maybe make a distinction between patriotism and nationalism. I'm seeing a shift taking place in the United States. And so and I and I see different shifts taking place even here in Canada. So this is a good conversation that we're having as we get at this idea of patriotism and what are we being steeped in these days? Yeah. So I think that sets up a good opportunity. What we're not talking about in this podcast when we talk about, say, Christians and patriotism is not Christian nationalism or nationalism in general. And I think the the simple definition, although this might be uh, maybe a little bit too reductionistic, is that nationalism is patriotism gone wrong. Is that it's it's when when your patriotism for your country or your place of origin becomes a focus that is almost idolatry. Mm-hmm. And so you focus on that too much. Or religious in nature. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I say like it's 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 an idol. And so, you know, the the end of John's first letter, first John simply says Little children, keep yourselves from idols. And so that's what we should do (laughs) and avoid nationalism. But that begs the question, gentlemen, what do we do then as Christians in a country like Canada with events like Canada Day? And should we be patriotic? How can we be patriotic? What do we do with these types of terms and ideas? So I think this brings a really good, tough question for, I think, a lot of people. I say this carefully because when you start talking about, especially in Canada, patriotism, there's this weird line where things very quickly become about race that is just, that honestly shuts down and and manipulates every conversation. Because if you were to ask, for example, an Indigenous person, what do they feel it means to be Canadian? Or you were to ask an immigrant what it means to be Canadian? Or a white Canadian, what does it mean? You're actually going to hear three different terms. You know, I've 
spoken to the the immigrant who is so proud to be Canadian because they've moved from their war torn country. Now they have an opportunity to 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 have a better life for their family to actually establish something. They're not running for their lives. Whereas you ask maybe the the average white Canadian, they're like, man, I'm I'm Canadian through and through. Whereas then if you were to ask an indigenous person what it means to be Canadian, there's often a tension that is there. And I would say it's granted. And we were having this brief conversation before. One of Canada's big celebratory things is that we are so diverse. You know, we're, we are a melting pot of so many different nations. And I wanted to argue that we don't have a set Canadian culture like many other countries do. So I think it's a tough it's a tough question because it goes down a really weird line. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of rabbit holes that it could easily uh, head down. One of those things that that I agree with you, Troy, that it really muddies the water this these days is things like colonialism, for example, and mm-hmm. people being unsure of what am I patriotic about? Am I patriotic exactly. about colonialism? Right. So this then creates a lot of a lot of tension, and it's not just tension in Canada; it's tension in the United States as well. Right now, particularly in North America, we are in the mid, midst of of an interesting situation with with regards to patriotism. We're not even sure what we think about it anymore, uh, and what we should what are we patriotic about, and should we be patriotic about the the land in, in which we're living in? particularly as we seek to reconcile that with the past. And it, it makes it right now very, very challenging time to live in North America. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the issues I think that is unique to Canada, North America more general, but Canada in particular, is that we're such a young country with kind of an odd identity because you ask a Canadian, where are you from? And even, you know, myself, whose Canadian heritage goes back to the 18th century, I can still tell you that my heritage is German and Scottish in that like, yes, I'm Canadian, but also my ancestors came from somewhere else. Whereas, you know, if you're in Europe, if you're in Asia, if you're in the Middle East, if you're in Africa, you are from there yeah, <laughs> and your, your heritage goes back, not maybe hundreds of years, if not thousands of years. Whereas that's not true in Canada. And Canada is, unless you are a truly indigenous, and even then the water becomes muddy too, because you still have, you know, European heritage with uh, the in- indigenous tribes marrying with the French and the English. And so that happens too. And I think that that makes it complicated to figure out, okay, what is our national identity? Is it hockey and maple syrup? Well, Yes, but also that's not something that goes overly deep in terms of creating like a, a heritage bond mm-hmm. and and roots. That would be actually one of my biggest critiques of Canada for since sure. living here for the last 20 some odd years is when I first got here, I was kind of shocked that Canada was more patriotic about hockey than it was about the nation. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I thought... That one, that one still bothers me to this yeah. day. But that, but got to pr- appreciate that I'm coming from the United States, where I think the United States could overdo it on the patriotism 
or the, the you know the heritage of of the United States because it's so steeped in history. The identity is steeped in history. Whereas I find that a lot of Canadians again disagree with me if you know if you don't agree with this, but I find a lot of Canadians don't understand the history, and maybe that's because so many Canadians are immigrants like myself. Hmm. I think you're. I think you're raising a really good point, Andy. I wouldn't. I wouldn't disagree. There is a lot of historical stuff that has gone missed. Again, you know, we're not. I'm not trying to cherry pick anything, but it's just so much of our culture. When you think about the stories of the residential school system and everything that's there, there's a reason when stories come out, people immediately. Usually, the first reaction is, "There's no way. There's absolutely no way that happened." Or or you have people that are young and they completely run the other direction, but don't have a, a solid grounding of under, of understanding. And it, I think that in of itself makes these 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 reasons why people are. It's better for me to say, "Oh, I'm I'm Jamaican," because the stuff that we do know, we're kind of afraid to attach ourselves to because we actually don't know as much about Canada as we as we probably should. And I mean, we're not going to go after our school systems or anything like that on this podcast, but there have been things that have been unfortunately missed, which I have found really interesting comparatively to what I learned about the states. I learned so much about the states growing up in high school and all of that. And you want to talk about social justice. I learned so much more about that than I learned about any form of those things really in, in, in Canada. But here's my critique, though, of, of the United States as well. And that is that patriotism, though, can begin to paint a golden brush over everything. And this is where the United States right now is a bit of an identity crisis because they're coming to terms with with their past. So, for example, man, when I grew up, okay, when I was in school, American history was told to you in this golden light, right, of this Mm. fight for freedom. And Americans see themselves with this, particularly, I, I understood myself with this identity that, like, the way Paul would talk about, or the way a, a Roman would talk about being a Roman, right? I'm a, I'm a Roman citizen. That that is the way Americans view themselves. I am an American citizen. Mm-hmm. Like they have, there's this, there's this level of both healthy and unhealthy pride uh, with regards to to that identity. And mm-hmm. the reason I'm bringing this up is that. We have a very difficult time knowing how to have an identity and look back on our past, though, and see both the positive and negative, to see the good that has come from it, but also the mistakes that were made along the way. So, for example, me as a kid, we were just starting to get honest about Colonel Custard. Uh, and I graduated in 1997, and I'd say we're we're just starting to get honest about those aspects of of our past that we were like trying to reconcile with and that has created all of its own tension at the same mm-hmm. time now. Yeah. So let, let me bring the conversation over to like, okay, we have this conversation about patriotism. Um, how do we think about that Christianly? Because obviously traditional Christians ought to limit the kind of <clears throat> nationalistic fervor that we've warned against. And as strangers and exiles on earth, right? That first Peter talks about that. Hebrews 11 talks about that, you know, even the theme of our um, upcoming event is in the world, but not of the world. So we have this idea of uh, an ultimate allegiance to Christ's kingdom. So in terms of the patriotic question, I think we should point out that our love for a non-Canadian brother or sister in Christ 
should exceed our comradeship with an unbelieving Canadian patriot whose numbers are, you know, legion. Mm -hmm. And I think this begs the question of, okay, well then what is measured patriotism? And measured patriotism still seems appropriate. I think we would agree on that. You know, I'm, I'm proud to be a Canadian. And the more I travel, the more I realize that I truly am proud to be a Canadian and it's somewhat unavoidable, but even Romans 13 interjects that we need to be subject to the governing authorities. And that subject, that suggests at least a default support of our nation. Mm -hmm. So if nothing else, pray for the leaders and communities, right? That's first Timothy two. So that believers may lead a, a peaceful and quiet life, godly and defined in every way. But believers, how do we think about, you know, what are those measuring lines and how patriotic should we be? How patriotic shouldn't we be? And, and how do we understand our place as Christians, first and foremost, and maybe then as Canadians? What do you guys think? Well, I, I think I'd start by saying is that Canada d- didn't give you your identity, you may be a product of Canadian influence, but as a Christian, we know that where identity ultimately came from and should be, and we should be standing on, ultimately our identity comes from, from Christ. My value is not based on my, my nationality, right? Or, or my skin color or my historical background, none of those things. And I think if you were to speak to the average Canadian Christian, they, they wouldn't disagree. It, what it's not, but what scripture is also not saying is that we can't be proud of where the Lord placed us. I don't know about you guys where you feel about this, but I think about how whenever scripture references where a person was from and what they were doing. Mm-hmm. So for example, you look at the story of the Samaritan, you look at the people that walked walked past, you know, the injured person on the side, but then it says this Samaritan came by. Now, for me, what it shows me in that is not that all Samaritans should be like, look how amazing we are. Look, Samar- see, told you Samaritans are great people. This is what we do. No, it was, it was pointing out the importance of difference, when it, but when surrendered to Christ, it doesn't matter. Yeah, um, Troy, I, I agree. One of the things that really bugs me sometimes when I hear people uh, take on more of an identity in something other than Christ. Christ should be your primary identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That is the flag, if you will, that all Christians wave is Christ. And and I guess you, you could say, that, you know, the cross really becomes the Christian flag in that it's Christ crucified and that I am taking my orders from Jesus. And so if uh, the nation that I'm with, it, you know, yeah, as you were saying, Wes, I respect the the rulers and and the laws but only to the degree that they're in alignment with christ and because mm-hmm. at the end of the day my alignment to christ will trump any any other allegiance uh, such as the nation that i live in and i think this relates to the issue of politics right mm-hmm. when when christianity and politics get too buddy buddy then that's where I think some of the negative connotations with ideas like Christian nationalism start really to get blurry and where people start aligning themselves with particular parties or particular agendas or particular ideological concepts because Christianity is a, uh, one of the things that has made it work historically is that it hasn't been linked to any one society or particular ethnic group or particular uh, 
ideological perspective. I mean, we had we had that Acts, um, the Council of Jerusalem moment, right? When basically the early Christians rightfully confirmed that you didn't need to become a Jew to become a follower of the Messiah. And I think that is where it differentiates maybe from other religious perspectives, where even if you aren't an Arab um, and you're Muslim, there's still an aspect of, because you are called to pattern yourself after the Prophet Muhammad in Islam, who was a 7th century Arabian Arab, you dress like a 7th century Arabian Arab, you do certain things in your life. And that's why Muslims in Indonesia, in the South Pacific region of the world, still look largely like Muslims in Saudi Arabia. But Christianity doesn't have that. And and a lot of the examples where we see uh, maybe the kind of negative aspects of the church, people like to point out, you know, the Crusades or the Inquisition or stuff like that, it's almost where politics get too involved, mm-hmm. where the church gets too in bed with the government. For just a quick clarification for what Wes is saying, if you ever wonder why Arabs dress the way they do or Muslims dress the way they do, they have unique dress. It's to look like it's to look like Muhammad. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to juxtapose two ideas, Wes, that you're bringing up that I, I find interesting, and that is you can see it on both sides. You can see people who are just completely disengaged from the nation they live in, in the government. And a prime example of that is Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses Mm. are completely disengaged. They don't care about politics. They don't participate in politics. They don't vote. They they have completely separated themselves. And it's interesting because I had a Jehovah's Witness at my door like two years ago, and I challenged him on this. I, I I was basically, you know, saying like you are enjoying all of the freedoms and the fruits of the democracy of Canada that you live in and you participate nil in it. You know, are you not convicted by that at, at any level? Because you should be. I, I was maybe a little harsher than I should have been. But to me, it, it frustrates me because you like living here, but you don't mm-hmm. want to participate in what it requires to have a place to live in especially when you look at, at the past. And, but then you have other people that go, you know, the pendulum swing far to the other end where they're, they're so committed to the country that, that it's become their identity. And interestingly, guys, we have those two polars, but I don't think that that's where we're at at the moment. Uh, I would actually argue that we're, that we're kind of in the middle because I think we're in this really unique place. Let me throw something out at you. If we were to have World War III right now, okay, if we were to have World War III right now and the United States and Canada were called to fight, I think people would be like, no thanks. I, I have no idea what I'm fighting for. Because I would actually argue that right now we are raising all sorts of flags and they're not Canadian flags. They're not American flags. We're, we're, raising, we're raising flags about skin color. We're raising flags about sexual orientation and the like. We're raising all sorts of flags. We're ready to fight for everything other than the nation well and it's at the cost of unity yeah i mean unity does not mean uniformity we don't all have to look the same or think the same or act the same but if we are sacrificing unity whether that's you know religious or political or whatever we're going to have issues um and i mean even we as christians we understand that unity doesn't look like uniformity because as i said before the Christian religion is it's trans ethnic, trans racial, trans you know, uh, without you know throwing around the word trans too much. Yeah. Um, but it, it is it is all those things, right? And 
And so even we believe in a God who is uh, complex within his unity. Uh, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are one, and yet they have different purposes within the glory of the Godhead and in time and space and um, God's eternal plan. And so we acknowledge that, but you're exactly right, Andy. We have a crisis where, unlike in World War II, where you literally had people clamoring to the draft. They wanted to, to fight. The, yep. Who were lying about their age so that they could fight for their country, yep. you know, for king country. We have, we seem to have an opposite problem where the fight for disunity has almost uh, become more of the kind of thing to get motivated for than the actual fight for unification. 100%. I, I would say, by the way, guys, we're in a culture war. And if we've said that a long, a long time, but I would say for right now, I'm seeing it to a level that I've never seen it before. Man, if you just leave North America this summer when you're traveling, just just experience what you're experiencing in Europe or elsewhere. I mean, Wes and I just got back from Egypt and we just got back from Germany, Czech, Poland. And I'm telling you, it was it was like I stepped into a different world. It was so it's June and we counted a total of four pride flags in our entire four thousand four hundred kilometer trip. Right. That tells you something to me. To me, I think there's a side of it where. There's a there's a North American arrogance that we assume we are. It's not saying we're not influential, but it, we assume that some of the things that we're currently fighting for the most are what the world cares about. We're going to change the world. And this is just going to show us like this isn't leaving your this is barely leaving your continent. Like there's other countries, there's other people groups that are like, man, we we are fighting different battles. OK, you guys have fun with that. But we're we're fighting we're fighting different battles over here. And it's not this like I'm not now saying like go move to Europe. It's way better than North America. No, they like I'm saying, they are fighting a different battle. You know, I, I think what we're saying is we would caution people in what they think patriotism really, really is and make sure they're like again, what we're not saying is that you can't be proud to be Canadian. We're not saying that Canada doesn't have its own dirty laundry. What we're saying is be mindful of how you celebrate this nation because there is going to be disagreement. But the fight has to be for, like Wes was saying, for unity, not uniformity, right? Because that that is we – we're a country where colonialism already was trying to do that. But but hey, like Troy, honestly, like we have so much to celebrate. When, yeah. we, when Wes and I were just in Egypt, our guide couldn't even talk to you about the president. What our our filmmaker asked a question he shouldn't have asked. He asked he asked a question about the president, and our guy and our guide was like, "Hey, listen, if I answer that, I, I don't know where I'll be tomorrow. Uh, uh, you'll be fine, but yeah, I don't know where I'll be tomorrow." And right, Wes? Yeah, yeah. He was like, "I want I want to not be disappeared." <laughs> Um, you will be sent back to your country, but I would like to not be disappeared. Oh my gosh. So, and, and that that does stand out, right? It does stand out when you can have transparency about, you know, do I like the leader of my country? We can throw paint um, on his house maybe and not. run away. Uh, yeah. And, and I think it's a beautiful thing that we live in a country where we can have, you know, satire about the prime minister. Because I think that, that that is necessary for a healthy society. And when you uh, make a joke about the prime minister or the president or whatever country you're in, and then all of a sudden your family doesn't know where you are, 
that's not good. <laughs> no. We need no. to appreciate when you look at the persecution that happened with the early church and when you look at different early church fathers and you see them arguing for religious freedom, uh, they're, they're doing so because th- that's that's a good thing. Religious freedom is a good thing. And I think that we should be celebrating that we have religious freedom and we have a, we have a great place to live and we should celebrate that. Yeah. But we also should be engaged in it. Not that we should idolize it, but that we should seek to to participate in a democracy and saying, hey, let's make this still a great place to live, that we have our religious freedoms and that we have our freedoms of conscience and that I have these various freedoms. But here's something that I think is critical, and this came out of World War II, is the, this cautionary tale of World War II as people survived it. They said, hey, America, hey, North America, we see how much you celebrate freedom, but you need to remember that that all always comes with responsibility. Freedom in and of itself isn't an inherent good. You can use that freedom to do all sorts of things. You can do good with it and you can do evil with it. So let's don't, let's don't just celebrate freedom for freedom's sake, but let's Mm -hmm. ask those deeper questions about, well, what am I going to do with my freedom? And this particularly, I think, informs us as Christians of, you know, why we celebrate freedom and what we're going to do with that freedom as we follow Christ. And that's the flag that we wave. That's the one that we bow our knee to as we live in Canada or wherever it is that we live. So I think as we we kind of wrap this up and, and bring the podcast in for landing, um, I think it's important as Christians, but also just as citizens, that we don't catastrophize things and kind of cast this overly pessimistic view upon our nation, which is not perfect. Uh, and likewise, that we don't kind of uh, put rose-colored glasses on and say everything's hunky-dory when it's not. I think we can live, two things can be true at the exact same time. Our country, along with every other country, can have some pretty terrible things that have gone on in its history and in its kind of governmental practice and things that still go on. And at the same time, we live in a great nation, Mm -hmm. which we have a lot to be thankful for, that we have a lot to praise God for. And like I said before, of 1 Timothy 2, we need to lead peaceful and quiet lives, godly and dignified in every way. We need to be that example, that, that shining light on a hill. And, and so that the rest of the citizens of Canada, United States, you know, pick a country, can see, oh, there's something about Christians that's different. There's something about that hope that they have that can not just change nations, but, but change the hearts of people that ultimately makes the difference in changing the world. Yeah. Wes, that is such a good point for us to end this podcast on, because I think this is one of the biggest problems that's going on right now between how patriotism that has become nationalism. And that is when people begin to put their hope in a nation. And then they start fighting desperately for that because that's their hope. Their hope is, is that. And as Christians, our hope is far greater, far greater than, than a nation, that we are part of a family. Uh, the family of God, and that that's what we're we're seeking. That's what we're ultimately longing for, not some perfect democracy, but actually is to to come home to our heavenly Father. Thank you so much, listeners, for tuning into this week's podcast. The AC Podcast is a ministry of Apologetics Canada, so make sure to like and subscribe on all of your favorite streaming platforms, and we are also on YouTube. So, as the young people say, go and mash that subscribe button. 
do what you got to do. But uh, until next time, <laughs> tune in next week. Yeah, destroy that subscribe button. And tune in next week when we find more things to think about. But as always, love God, love people. Bye for now. God bless America and no place else. <laughs> <laughs> It's the AC Podcast. Podcast.